Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast, where we talk everything Pennsylvania outdoors. If you enjoy deer hunting, fishing, trapping, or just being outside, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to showcase the vast opportunity that the Pennsylvania outdoors can experience. We hope this inspires you to get out and enjoy God's creation in the Keystone State. So here we go, round one of the podcast. Uh, I'm Mitchell Shirk, and uh, my my uh, helper and partner in crime is is with me, Devon Zimmerman. How are we doing, Devon? Hey, doing just fine. Uh, it's good to get back on here again and and uh, talk stuff that interests us and stuff that we're excited about and stuff that we like to do. Yeah, we never had any trouble uh, with the uh, BS and back and forth of stuff, especially not when it comes to the world of deer hunting and archery, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, our biggest problem is where do we start and stop. But, uh, yeah, I guess today is kind of uh, going to be giving a rundown of who we are, where we are from, and maybe a little bit of a background, how we got into hunting and, and uh, kind of what our passions are in the outdoors. Yeah, what would drive us to do something so crazy that we're going to talk into mics like a bunch of, bunch of crazy <laughs> <Right>. people? <but laughs> right. No, I'm just kidding. But no, it's uh, it's definitely been a passion for us. I mean, uh, we've our friendship's grown over this just because we really enjoy deer hunting and and archery hunting for sure. Um, the uh, you know, I, I think we both started archery hunting at a, at a young age and and just hunting in general. Um, I mean, I think you were pretty deadly with a shotgun from here on out. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I started. Um, a little fun fact, my dad got me a shotgun for my ninth birthday, so from pretty much from there away, was, that's kind of how I got got into shooting stuff. I'd gone along with my dad a lot in my younger years than that, but um, that's kind of where it all started with me and kind of the, the bow hunting passion started you know pennsylvania here back in the day when we were young you had to be 12 you know to get your hunting license and go hunting for the first time now anymore they have the mentored program and and uh these younger younger people can get out i'll I mean, never see i'll never forget that i was 12 years old and that was the first year when they opened that that okay that because i was like yeah. chomping at the bit when i was a kid i wanted to go out hunting so bad and carry a gun because I was one where I always went with dad and sat with him and watched him shoot deer. And I was like, I can do that. Why do I have to wait till I'm 12? And the first year, my yeah. younger cousin, who was like eight at the time, shoots. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But no, yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely been, been, uh, instilled in, in us. I think whether it was by, by birth or by choice. Yeah. I'm not sure. Probably some of both. <laughs> probably some of both. <laughs> probably a lot of so choice. So how'd you, how'd yeah. you get into archery? Cause, cause, uh, you know, fun fact about you, you're, you're running a bow shop and that's how we came Correct. up with our title, uh, Pennsylvania's little mountain podcast. Um, little mountain is, is your brand. Yeah. Correct. So yeah, I guess before I get in, I get into how I got started bow hunting, um, yeah, I do, for the record, own a bow shop, and that's what I do, I guess, when I'm supposed to be working. I guess you call that work. <laughs> uh, well, you never work a day in your life when you're doing something you love, that's right? That's exactly right. Yep, <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, as far as bow hunting, so <clears throat> I would have shot bow. Um, I think my probably would have had my first bow when I was, like, five or six. I remember the first animal that I shot um, was a sparrow, an English sparrow. I think I was probably six maybe five or six and um yeah we lived on a farm so between groundhogs and rabbits and birds i was always shooting something it seemed like that's kind of yeah 
where it started. What every good young American boy should be doing at that age, right? (laughs) Right, right. Yep, being outside. Um, And, you know, I never got tired of that. That's still, I mean, that's why we, that's why we go outside, right? That's why we go into the woods. But, uh, yeah, from there, like what, like we had said, I didn't deer hunt until I was 12. Another fun fact, the very first time I actually deer hunted, um, when I was 12, First day, opening day of bow season, I shot a deer, and um, then I had a pretty long dry spell, actually a couple years. I think I shot a deer every year, but um, yeah, I certainly had a lot of failed opportunities. I think that's what makes anybody good. I mean, if you're persistent with this, and I think it's with anything in life, but when you're persistent with something, you learn from your mistakes. Right. I know I that's been my biggest problem, maybe solution to stuff, whatever you want to call it, but I mean, learning from your mistakes is is the biggest thing. And I think that's why I would say that we have, you know, we have a passion to talk about this. Right. Um, and, and, and bring information. Um, I would say I'm no different. I'm, I, I think from the time I was a little kid, anybody would have said I was interested in hunting and, you know, to, to bore anybody who's listening, you know, not to bore anybody that's listening to this. Um, but, uh, archery hunting has been a passion. I've just been consumed in, in following, uh, all things wildlife, but, uh, you know, deer has just been my attraction. Uh, learning how to be uh, a better steward of the land, a better steward of creation, tying that into just having that fascination of shooting stuff with the bow has has really just encaps- encapsulated my mind. Um, it's it's probably made my wife go a little crazy at times, but uh, she's uh, she's a very supportive woman, which is a, a wonderful thing to have for anybody that's an outdoorsman with a, a family too. Um, yeah, I guess that's one thing we did not mention, but we do, we are both married and we, we do both have children. So that is, is definitely when you look at our hunting seasons now versus how our hunting seasons looked 10 years ago, it's probably, I know it's a lot different for me. Oh, it's definitely (laughs) different for us, but you know what? I guarantee you, if, if our wives were listening to us talk right now, they'd definitely say, well, you guys don't have any shortage of hunting. (laughs) Uh, and you know, uh, yep. we, we'll make jokes like that. And I think we do put in some hard time as much as we possibly can in the season. But our goal with this podcast is to not only give some good insight, but to really show that, you know, we, we truly believe that first and foremost in anything, God is first. Correct. And, and yep. Absolutely. And, and family comes after that. Right. Yep. And then the other start things start to fall into place, but pretty pretty high up there for for me, I would say is is archery, deer hunting, and 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 hunting in general. Correct. And yep. uh, you know when when you kind of juggle juggle life and and juggle priorities, um, I I really try to find my ways of look. I want to maximize the time I'm in the woods, and yep. that that time that I do get, how am I going to be successful in trying to accomplish what I want to accomplish? Yeah. Um, Definitely, you know, you you hear the term hunt smarter, not harder, and I think some of that has comes into play, you know, with the limited time that we have. Um, you, you instead of hunting every day of the season, you hunt the best days of the season. You know exactly, and you know but, sometimes the best days of the season are that first day of 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 our Pennsylvania firearms season or that first day of squirrel season, whatever it is, because it's it's not just. Um, out there because you need to kill something you're out there because it's it's a family memory and that's all part of that right um you know make the hunt whatever you're about um you'll learn with us that we'll we're trying to shoot the best buck we can and i think we have some great stories and 
and stuff to go on about that. And we're, yep. we're looking forward to bringing a lot of that, <clears throat> what I would consider some, some pretty good effective uh, tools in the trade, um, some, some highly efficient strategies. Uh, I, I, we plan to talk about uh, everything from public land to private land and, uh, you know, bouncing back and forth to some of the off-season stuff um from from shed hunting and turkey hunting and and all the other big game to small game and, and getting some people in here to to talk about all things outdoors too yeah yep yeah and and in case you're wondering if all we're going to talk about is deer you know we do have you know i enjoy hunting other stuff too i used to used to hunt a lot more waterfowl than i do but pennsylvania has great a great waterfowl hunting opportunity especially in this area that we're from and i guess that kind of goes without mentioning but we are from southeastern uh pa so there is a great potential here for that if you're into that there's um you know it doesn't stop with deer and we do enjoy other stuff as well it's just uh probably the both of us definitely gravitate more toward deer and what all that entails but um we hope to kind of cover some of the other topics as well pennsylvania is a really cool state i mean you've got a, a lot of diversities and neat habitat types from you know, Appalachian Mountains up in, you know, you go up through north and the, the rolling mountains up into the, the Allegheny Plateau and you get some, you get some river bottoms yep. mixed in and some suburbia. And it's just a neat state and you do have a lot of opportunity. And, you know, I like, again, I always gravitate towards the opportunity with whitetails. But, I mean, there's, you know, I think Pennsylvania is still one of the top places to shoot a black bear. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, we... we generally have a, a pretty good small game population we've, we've got um, fantastic streams you know Pennsylvania as far as streams is um, the the number one uh, I should say number one they're number two compared to Alaska as far as intermittent streams. Okay. there's uh, interesting that was one of those fun boring facts you, you learn in college when you're you're doing stuff with uh, with stream quality but yeah Pennsylvania has the second most amount of intermittent streams compared to Alaska I see um, Hmm. So, I mean, I, I got buddies that'll talk my ear off about um, fly fishing and, and getting into some of these these uh, native stri- streams and, and sneak talking about sneaking up like they're sneaking up on a on a whitetail. Like sure. nuts, it's a fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I don't mean any any disrespect because I know that a lot of people enjoy that and that's a neat thing and and whatever whatever comes down to, um, we're hoping to give some insight on and and some th- thoughts and. Uh, keep you up to date as far as the time of the year and and some of the things that might be going on in in pennsylvania regulations with with all things outdoors sure sure you may you briefly mentioned there pennsylvania is one of the best states for black bear Uh, i'll throw in there too i think uh pennsylvania is one of the or may hold the record now i should have checked on that for um elk as well as far as uh there we do have an, a very small elk hunting opportunity but it's there if you get lucky yeah what are they at they're like a hundred percent chance that if you draw the governor's tag you're going to shoot an elk over 400 inches yeah something like that so yeah, i mean if you're if you're into shooting elk over 400 inches pennsylvania is a good place to i'm go. into shooting a cow <laughs> let's be honest i mean who who wouldn't want uh, that, that's delicious yeah you? yep but we uh we really look forward to this doing this podcast um like i said i think throughout the year's time you know we're going to be talking really a lot about um highly efficient strategies for for whitetail hunting but not just whitetail hunting um property management uh for wildlife for habitat a um, little bit about me um, i have a background with biology and i'm i'm an agronomist um i work for a private uh 
consulting company here in Southeast PA, work with a lot of agriculture. And one of my biggest fascinations has been connecting that uh, the science with the hunt. I think there's a, a lot of information out there in the hunting industry as far as food plots and everything else. And fact of the matter is there's there's a lot of things you can do with native habitat and food plots are great and i think tying it all together for a good hunt is 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 a great thing to learn about and i think that's one thing we want to incorporate but um rolling forward i mean uh devon's pretty crazy about shed hunting i am yeah (laughs) did you get any mitchell calls it crazy i call it normal but uh yeah i did um actually yeah, this week I picked my sixth one up for the year. Ah, seventh one up for the year. Um, but Have you been focusing mostly on areas you hunt, or you just like to get out and just get boots on the ground? Um, some of both. Yeah, some of both. It, it, I don't know, it just does me good after a long winter, just get out and walk around in the woods. But uh, this year, especially with all the snow we've had, I think it really concentrated the deer, if you can find what they're feeding on. Um, certainly makes it easier, I think. Another thing I thought of on Friday when I was out that I never had thought of before, the uh, the leaf litter and everything is so compacted and smashed down from all the snow. I never really thought of that before. But, like, you can see a shed. If there's a decent size, size shed laying 50 yards away, you can easily see it. It's not like the leaves aren't half covering it up because everything's packed down from all the snow we had. That's just kind of interesting. That is pretty interesting. So here's another thing. I always think whenever I go shed hunting or the little bit of shed hunting I've done, I think it's got to be easier to find bigger sheds. Why (laughs) is it that every time I find one, it's like a six-inch dink? It's like, how do you – sometimes I'm like, how do you find this in the monotonous hardwood forest that there's nothing around? Right, (laughs) yeah. I have found more spike sheds than probably – I've found at least eight or nine spike sheds. So, well, I think I, I probably two five point sides. So yeah, figure that out. Yeah, I I joke <clears> about <throat> that because the fact of the matter is, your year and a half old deer, your most common thing you're gonna see. So right. It's just a yeah. It's just kind of a funny joke that you you walk these deer trails and you find a little stick. Then oh yeah. no, it's a shed. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I, I end up finding most of the time. I feel like I find more deadheads than anything. But yep. One one interesting trend I I find is. Um, you know, if you're finding these dead heads, which, you know, I hate when that happens. And, you know, most of the time it's a wounded animal. But you, uh, I, I get that sense of when I find them on the property I'm hunting, is that a sense of security that if that deer, you know, a deer's not going to know a, a border of where it's right. safe or not. But yep. if it's leaving that border and it's getting shot, wounded or something, and it's coming back onto that parcel that I hunt, it gives me a sense of knowing okay, this deer has security here. I must be doing yep. something right with my hunting strategy. So then the next thing that always comes to my mind is, okay, what do you got to do to try to keep them there just a little bit longer daylight hours right. so you're not opening them up to that predation, whether that predation is a car, a, a, a neighbor, or whatever. Yep. Um, so, you know, I hope, uh, I hope kind of, you know, we could probably – ramble on about stuff like that because right. it's deer but right now I'm, I'm thinking here with uh turkey season right around the corner in pennsylvania i think we're going to be kind of shifting gears pretty good and start chasing gobblers what do you think yeah yep i haven't really gotten into turkey mode yet but i will soon you're holding uh, back because shed hunting just yeah. kind of started for I, you i want another yeah Another couple walks in the woods yet to look for sheds, and then I'll be ready to think about but, turkeys. But the time that you start hearing one gobble when you're shed hunting, right. you're going to start thinking Exactly. Different. Yep. That's probably when the switch will flip. Yep. 
Absolutely, and I, I can't wait to be talking more about that and uh, having some hopefully having some shows that really trigger into your interest and hopefully give some insight on stuff, uh, yeah. learn something, and we're looking forward to hearing what your thoughts are and hopefully getting some feedback and going from there. We are. Yep. Excited to see where this goes, and uh, I guess uh, hang on for the ride. Hang on for the ride. Yeah, bear with us through some of the BS, guys, <laughs> but we we promise that we'll have some good information. Yeah. Here and there. You might have to look for it, but it'll be there. It'll be there. So, um, till next time, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.